people still buy and sell because of the 3Ds. It's diapers, divorce, and it's death. So I always say life happens and there's always something else going on. So if anyone's wondering, well, am I going to annoy people? Am I going to upset people? I would say the, the, the feedback that I've received from both the calling and especially the knocking, like the knocking, the door knocking, so many people say, Ernesto, I don't know what you're selling, but I commend you. Like your work ethic, the fact that you're still out here, the fact that you sincerely are trying to just market the heck out of your, your seller's property says a lot about who you are. Um, I've only been doing it for a little under a month and I have two listing appointments that, that are scheduled. One lady said, I'm gonna be honest with you, Ernesto, I get mailers from this top producing agent and I get them every month, but I've never met this person. So I thought I wanted to work with her, but my husband and I are happy to interview you and give you a shot. So that's that's the, those are the screenshots. For me, it's, anybody can say, anybody can say that they spoke to other people. Um, where's the receipt? So the question is this, how do most agents find the secrets to succeed in today's competitive real estate market, especially when the top agents are keeping those secrets to themselves? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. Hi, I'm Aaron Amuchastegui, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Real Estate Rockstars, this is Aaron Amuchastegui. Hey, I'm, I'm officially back from my hiatus. You know, most of you listeners know that the, I have not been doing a whole lot on here the last six months. You kind of hear me on some intros and some outros and every once in a while getting to do some interviews. But this is the month, the, as we're recording this, it's, it's November 30th. I think this will be one of the first episodes we published in December just to jump it back to the top of some of the recordings that we have. But I wanted to come on to interview my friend. Uh, my friend who I have met through social media and through our podcast and through Instagram. And since then, we've been able to meet a couple times at, uh, at some other events that he was at and at our, our mastermind. This is Ernesto Hernandez. He's from EXP Realty out in the Bay Area. I think of that because of his Instagram handle. But Ernesto, thanks for coming on today. It is absolutely an honor and it's crazy. I've been listening to the podcast for a long time. I sincerely get a ton of value. I recommend it to other agents. I've bought services that other guests have um, offered. So I've gotten tremendous value from this podcast and it's crazy that today I'm on it. Yeah. The, I get, I just got chills and I'm not, and, and I'm not trying to be cheesy. Like these are my favorite talks, right? My favorite talks and my favorite uh, interviews get to be with people that are like, isn't it crazy that a podcast can actually change a life or a podcast can add value? And there's going to be some listeners listening to this one for the first time right now and be like, all right, come on, cheese ball, like calm down. It's like, no, the reality is, is we do this to change lives and to inspire people and to get to see it. And every time I get to talk to somebody that goes like, no, I heard something on that and I applied it and my life is better because of it. It's like slam dunk and full disclosure. So Ernesto's listened to the podcast forever, but I didn't send him a set of questions. And I've got a few um, random curveballs I'm going to be throwing him today. So it's it's off the cuff. I gave him very little notice and said I wanted him to get on here really for my first big one back um, as I'm as I'm back on full time as we hit the end of the year. So Ernesto, let's let's rewind a little bit. When did you become an agent? I became an agent February of 2021. So I definitely still consider myself newer in the business. Yeah. And the and what made you become an agent during that time? So what's funny is that I, like a lot of people, found myself really unfulfilled with my W-2. 
but the, the problem that I ran into is it's easy to run away from what you're unhappy with. And it's hard to really think about, well, what am I going to run towards next? Right. And so it took me a long time to figure it out. While I was a W2 employee, I started doing long distance real estate investing. I was uh, semi-active in Indianapolis. I live in the Bay Area. Uh, I started to go into local meetups. So first I found bigger pockets. So just like backtrack way back. And what was uh, your W2? Uh, I was with Verizon Wireless. I was with them for 13 years uh, in various roles. My last position, I oversaw a territory of locations. And um, I just thought, you know, like a lot of people, uh, again, unfulfilled. And the biggest realization that I had is like, I don't think that I could ever be a good employee for somebody else. Like there's just a certain amount of freedom and control that I want to have. And I don't know that I could find a W2 that would offer me that. So again, I knew that I wasn't happy really started to dig deep into like, well, what can I do next? Uh, how can I get myself out of being unhappy? Uh, stumbled into bigger pockets, started going to local masterminds in the Bay Area, um, local meetups uh, rather, and just connecting with other people that I learned were also doing the same thing. So I got started. Um, I have uh, a couple rentals still in, uh, in Indianapolis. I've done some fixing and flipping long-term. And what I learned through that is that I really, really enjoyed real estate. So I just started to, and, and, and I found, and so I was posting on social media. People saw that I was doing real estate and people would ask me questions um, that I would then refer out to other realtors. In fact, one of my very, very best friends from childhood was like, hey, I want you to help me buy you know, our first home. I said, I'm, I'm, I'm not a realtor. So I had to refer it out. Uh, but I learned that, you know, I think, you know, I, I started to think to myself, man, I think I could really enjoy being a realtor. So I started going through the process of uh, preparing for the exam and everything. And that was like mid COVID, like, um, you know, lockdown, I think was like March of 2020. And so during COVID, I started prepping for the test um, and just calling people, just connecting with everybody in my phone. And so um, that is how I kind of ended up being a realtor, just through a lot of trial and error. And over the years, learning that I actually really enjoyed real estate and consulting people on their various uh, real estate questions. There's another good friend that I have who's like, hey, I need a loan. Like I have a, a an agent that I want to use, but I need a lender. Do you know anybody? And, and I did. And this was all before I was even licensed. And so kind of goes to show the power of um, A, just keeping in touch with your friends and family over the years. And secondly, just posting what you're up to on social media. Uh, people will ask you questions eventually. So um, that was kind of a long-winded answer to your question about well, it was a long process too, about how I uh, eventually got to becoming uh, a realtor. Yeah. I love that where you're like, hey, just post about what you're up to. So, I mean, we've been talking about social media a bunch the past few years. Like everybody knows that that is part of the world we live in. I'm addicted to it. Like I'm always going, I need to be on Instagram less next week and I'm not, I'm always just on it too much. But the, but you said, just post what you're up to. Yeah. Because you actually got real estate leads that were like live buyer leads that would have hired you yeah. before you even got your license. And yeah. so you weren't out there like with commission breath. You weren't out there saying like, hire me, hire me, hire me. You were just telling people about real estate. And then they came to you and said, hey, uh, can you do this? And, the, and I, you know, I'll get people on Instagram that'll reach out and say, hey, I've got a buyer. Over, do you have an agent in this state that I can refer a buyer to or something because of the podcast? And because of that. And yeah. I'm never telling people like, hey, send me. Some of your buyers or some of your referrals, the, you know, it's like, hey, do you know somebody? I'm like, yeah, I know somebody over there. It reminds me too of, um, I think some of the listeners know this. My wife and I wrote a book years ago. We pulled our kids out uh, to go to start homeschooling them back in like 2017, before it was cool, before COVID. And, but we weren't planning to write a book. We just pulled our kids out of school and we started traveling and homeschooling. 
And then we were just making posts when we were out and people were noticing that like, while they were at school, we were in London. And while they were here, we were in Haiti and Cuba doing all these things. And people started reaching out, what are you doing? I'm like, well, we actually pulled our kids out of school and we're kind of world schooling them on the road. And, and people started asking more and more. And then they started asking like, oh, you should, you know, where's this compiled? You should write a book. And that's how all that happened. But it was really like the cooling about social media is when you're social uh, people can see what you're doing and, and it like rubs off. So, I mean, you're the first person I've interviewed that's, that said, Hey, people were trying to hire you before you were licensed. Yeah. Like you had, a, instead of like trying to go generate those leads. So tell me about your first year. So 2021, you got licensed. Um, how many transactions did you, did you do? What was your first transaction like? My very first transaction was, uh, a really good friend of mine from childhood who also like before I was licensed, he's like, Hey Ernesto, I want to buy a place. Uh, I'm tired of running and I think I'm ready to go out and buy a property. I said, fantastic. I can't help you. <laughs> so I referred him to somebody else. Um, and that just, you know, they just weren't a, a good fit for one another. Even though I, I really respect both of them and I assumed that it would be a good fit. Um, it just didn't really move how I thought that it would. So he's like, you know what, Ernesto, how far are you from getting licensed? I said, I'm probably about three months out. He's like, I'm not really in a rush. I'm going to let the holidays kind of blow over. And so when you're licensed, let me know. And so it's crazy. Like he waited for me to get licensed. Um, that was my very first transaction. That was my very first purchase. Um, was kind of a fun story. Uh, probably a little bit more fun of a story. My first listing, uh, that happened maybe two months after I got licensed. I'm driving through my old neighborhood. I had moved out three years prior and I was going to go meet a friend for coffee. Uh, that friend ends up flaking on me as I'm like 10 minutes away. And I had already driven over the bridge. Uh, so I'd driven like 40 minutes to get there. So I said, you know what? I'm going to go check in on my old neighbor. She, before I moved out uh, from that neighborhood, she was literally my next door neighbor. She had been hinting that she wanted to move eventually. Uh, she was aging, getting a little bit older, lived in the three-story house that she inherited from her parents. Um, so getting to the bedroom was literally on the third story of the house. It was starting to become a problem. Uh, and and in, in, in the meantime, she's watching this law that has now gone into effect in California. It's called Proposition 19. And what that allows people to do is if you're over the age of 55, you can sell your home. And if you re relocate within California, as long as the next home that you buy costs less than what you sell, you get to keep your property tax bill. And because she, she inherited that property from her parents, she had a really, really small property tax bill. So anyway, I'm in the neighborhood. Um, I knock on her door and I see these moving boxes. And I'm like, hey, Karen, I'm in the neighborhood. I just want to see how you're doing. I've been thinking about you. Um, and she's like, oh my God, it is so good to see you. And I see these moving boxes. And I'm like, Karen, I got to ask, what's with the moving boxes? She's like, I'm finally selling the house. I said, oh my God, congratulations. Long story short, I said, well, I got to ask, who's your realtor? She's like, I don't know. I haven't even interviewed any. Do you know any? I said, you might think I'm messing with you. I just got licensed uh, two months ago. And she was like, oh my God. She's like, I would love for you to sell my house. So even though she knew that I would be her first sale because, or her first listing, um, or my first listing rather, um, she already knew me. She liked me and she trusted me and she ended up being my first sale. And then, so I helped her list a property in San Francisco and then buy her next place, which, you know, where she is in life now, is just her and her dog. She got a single story home in Hollister, which is a little bit South of, uh, San Jose, if anyone's familiar with it, with the Bay area. So, uh, really kind of crazy how my first purchase and sale or listing happened uh, in my first year. But in my first year, I did uh, a total of, I think, 7 million in volume. It was 12 transactions. I did a combination of uh, mostly purchases and sales, but I also did actually a wholesale deal. And I uh, flipped the property 
near uh, Stockton. So it was a combination of different things. Yeah. The, um, well, it, it, it's, it's cool to hear that story as you like, you get to meet her and it turns into something so big and so quick. I'd never heard of that property tax law in California as being, cause I knew that that was a challenge right now of like people selling at the peak, knowing it's not quite as simple. And in most States, I think it's probably not quite as simple as like, if you sell at the peak, well, people are like, you don't want to buy at the peak, but like, if you're selling, you're trading into something, why not? But if you're with rates, rates were so low. People are like, oh, sell your house for a million bucks, buy another house for a million five or something, and your and your payment stays the same. But property tax was such a stress. So these so agents, the um, that was news to me, and I lived in California for a long time. So the uh, try to get educated in your own state, see if there are any options or caveats for things like that. Because even though the market most places right now has has come down, sale the average sales price, the average closed price has come down a lot since it since the price we were at in like March, April or May, uh, they're still a lot higher than they were in 2017. So a lot higher than they were in 2019. And so the people, and there's, I think there's a lot of people out there that, that want to sell right now because they feel like they missed the boat and they're like, crap, I should have sold six months ago. Now is it too late? And a little thing like that knowledge of property taxes could be what stops them uh, from doing it. But if you're able to go like, hey, actually, if you sell now and do this, your property taxes won't go up. You know, so much of that too, I think, is about talking to your sellers, understanding, you know, what they're concerned about, why they don't want to. And if somebody goes, well, I'm thinking about selling, but this is an issue trying to figure out. Um, yeah, because there's a solution there that I had I had no idea about um, when you're doing that. So the so tell me about like what your experience and your business was like the first few months of, of this year, first few months of 2022. Um, what were you doing for marketing? What lead, you know, how are you getting new leads? And, and how are you doing? How's that performing? Yeah, I will say uh, this year, up until this point, I really haven't done anything that I would call expensive for marketing. I actually sat down uh, this morning in preparation for today and really kind of analyzed where my, where my business is coming from. Uh, 41% of my business comes from my sphere of influence, so friends and family. But a couple of those people, back to the social media bit, are people that were in my network that I knew, but I didn't know that well. I didn't even have their phone numbers. And over the years, like we've been friends on, on Facebook and Instagram. And then, you know, out of nowhere, they messaged me, hey, Ernesto, you know, I know we, we're not super close and I haven't spoken to you in a while, but I have an interest in selling. I have an interest in buying. So social media still absolutely helps. Uh, another 20% of my business actually comes from other agents, which is interesting. So uh, there was one agent that I remember in, in Oakland, there was a listing and this agent, what I learned was that she was based out of Los Angeles and I went and toured the home uh, on, you know, representing a buyer, didn't end up being a good fit, uh, but I gave her a call because I, I, A, I recognized that her, that her listing wasn't properly populating on the MLS. Secondly, I looked at her area code and I knew that she was from Los Angeles. So I gave her a call with good intentions and not in a, you know, in an arrogant way whatsoever. I said, Hey, you know, my name's Ernesto. I'm a local realtor. I'm not sure if you knew this. There are some things that are specific to Oakland uh, in terms of rules that you have to follow for selling, uh, selling a home. There's something called a sewer lateral ordinance, which basically means uh, you have to acknowledge who's going to inspect and fix the sewer lateral if it's damaged. And she didn't know any of those things. She said, Ernesto, I'm going to be really honest with you. This is a family friend 
that I'm not really enjoying working with and I'm in way over my head, my business is in Los Angeles, you can have the listing as long as you promise to do a good job. So it's interesting, right? I'm getting, you know, 20% of my business coming from just helping other realtors and, and, and partnering and adding some sort of value to them. So other realtors is actually my second biggest piece uh, of business followed by open houses. So in my first 12 months, I didn't really do open houses. Um, didn't really have, like, I, I just never really thought of it as a good opportunity. In fact, I had so many people tell me that it's kind of a waste of time. I said, you know what, I'm going to try this. And this year I, I focused more on open houses. I think I've done maybe, if you have the number of days I've done, Saturday and Sunday, I've done maybe 30, 30 days of open houses. And I've gone into escrow three times uh, this year alone from open houses. So if you're a new agent, you're in a brand new city and some people are like, well, I don't know anybody. I don't have a sphere of influence here. Nobody knows me. Uh, just do some open houses because for me, they've actually been great. So that's that's probably a high level breakdown of what I've been doing and where a lot of my business actually comes from. Yeah. I love that example of reaching out to an agent and just trying to help them out. Just trying yeah. to say like, hey, you know, by the way, this is what this looks like. We had a we had a listing um, that I, I hired an agent to list it in, in an area for one of our flips recently. And when somebody on my team reached out to like the, you know, some buyers that stopped by, they were like, well, your agent has it listed in the wrong MLS. We have three, they're essentially like, we have three MLSs here. And the one that you're in is only going to hit like 10% of the, of the buyers for that city. So even though they had access to that area, kind of, they didn't really have access to that area. Yeah. And I think that's fairly common. And at least in Texas, it's fairly common because there's like 85 MLSs and, and there's like all this overlap. It's not very, it's not as simple as that. And then another, um, an example, when my wife was listing all of our flips in Northern California, there was this little like private um, retirement community like near Patterson. And we would like buy some, we would buy properties in there as flips, but the agents there would never go look at our listing because they would see that she was from Sacramento and had a Sacramento area code. And she wasn't one of the 55 and older agents that lived in the community. It was like they would boycott the listing. And we eventually had to find a local agent there um, that she explained it to us. And so anytime we bought one in that neighborhood, she ended up getting the listing instead because we knew that it just wasn't going to happen. It just wasn't going to happen the way that we were presenting uh, for whatever else. And it was a similar issue where she, she told us what was going on. She offered to help. And the, and then she got all of the houses that we ever bought in that neighborhood and probably turned into to five or six over time. So, um, so I love those examples of just reaching out to other agents, offering help. Are there any other things that you're intentionally doing with other agents or, or when you're thinking about like, hey, how do you, how can you, can someone go improve uh, relationships with other agents or, or new, or new agents out there? How can they go develop these relationships with their agents? Yeah, I, I in particular, like I love working with new realtors and in my office now, um, that's one of the things that I'm known for. So in fact, I was fortunate to be nominated as a, uh, rising star by the California, California station. My English has left my body today. <laughs> California association of realtors. I was nominated, um, as a rising star and truth be told, like my volume is not the highest. And, and I know that, but people know that I spend a good amount of time, uh, helping new realtors. And in fact, this morning, coincidentally, I just got off a call uh, with a newer realtor who I always like at any time she has a question, I just give her a call and kind of help her through those things. Um, and now she wants to involve me in helping her list a property in San Jose because it's going to be her first listing. So it just goes to show like when you're intentional, I think about adding value and just serving others and not expecting anything to come in, uh, you know, come back to you. I, I truly believe in Carmen. I think it does, it does come back. So the more you do that and the more people see you, 
um, th that can be on social media, right? You can maybe host a workshop. You can uh, host uh, an open house with another agent. Um, just being active with them, tagging each other in whatever you're doing that day. Sometimes I see agents go out and door knock together and they'll tag each other on social media. Any type of activity that shows that you're actually passionate about helping other people and real estate together, uh, you're going to attract good things and opportunities will come. Hey, real estate rock stars. This is Air Mucistegui, and I'm interrupting myself to bring you this commercial break from one of our sponsors. There's somebody I've been looking at for a long time, and when they reached out to me, I said, yes, we have to be able to do this deal. So that sponsor is Follow Up Boss. There's a lot of superstars out there that use Follow Up Boss. What's your favorite CRM? We're using Follow Up Boss. So we use Follow Up Boss. So we use Follow Up Boss. I love Follow Up Boss. I love it. We have action plans now for bringing on new agents. We have action plans for our recruiting. Uh, we call them action plans and follow-up boss, which will trigger tasks for the agents to do as far as calling. Follow-up boss, I like more for the integrations with everything, MailChimp, call action, all those different products. I will say we used Sync and we switched from Sync to follow-up boss. Honestly, the greatest CRM I've ever used, I've used Brivity, Sync. I've looked at Boomtown, like Real Geeks, just a bunch of different ones. But me personally, I've fell in love with Fub about like seven months ago when I first started using it. I've used Boomtown. I've used Line Desk. I've used Conversion. And I think follow-up boss gives you the most integrations mm -hmm. that are simple. And it gives you the best ability to go and integrate large things into one single solitary platform. Yet at the same time, it's still affordable. I do like follow-up boss better just because it you can text from the app and things like that. It's just a little more convenient for me. Um, it tracks everything that I need. I can customize it if I want. If I want to go smart list based, that's fine. If I want to go task based, it's fine. I think it's one of the best systems and it's very user friendly. It just really helps me never drop a ball because it's so user friendly. I don't have a one horse in the race with follow-up boss. Purely objective. Follow-up Boss has been the best one that we've found. Now, I've used Follow-up Boss. We've actually used it in our non-real estate businesses as well because it's so good at being able to set timers, set automatic texting and emailing. So here's what we got. For Real Estate Rockstars listeners, get a 30-day free trial. That's normally 14 days. So in order to get this, you go followupboss.com, just like it sounds, forward slash rockstars. Go there, get your 30-day free trial, and check it out, especially if you aren't using any systems or any CRMs yet. This will be a great one for you to start with. Thanks again. Now back to our show. So the um, when was the last time you did an open house? Last time we did an open house was three weeks ago. Okay. And how many people walked through there a few weeks ago? That, that one was pretty light. So what I'm seeing now, as far as open houses, if anyone's listening to this right now and they're, and they're skeptical about open houses, I will admit, yes, there are less people that are in the market. However, the people that are still in the market and they are still showing up for, uh, for open houses, those people still want to find a way to buy and sell a house. So um, I think we had three people come through the door that day, but I had one really good one, um, did a kind of buyer discovery call three days later. They're like, Ernesto, we would love to work with you. Truth be told, we're going to let the holidays blow over, but come January, we absolutely want to sit down, get our lending situation figured out um, and, and see where this goes. So um, the other thing I'll say is if you're a newer agent and you're listening to this, you're like, well, I don't, I don't have open houses. Like, how do I get open houses? I'm going to share a little ninja trick that I, that I do. And again, you can drop me in any city and I'm going to find open houses. So what I do is I go on Redfin on Wednesdays. 
I like the Redfin interface a little bit easier than Zillow. So I go to Redfin, type in whatever city I'm interested in, and then I filter out the listings in order of newest. And then I go through the listings. And if it doesn't specify that there's already an open house scheduled, because it'll have a, like a little green bubble Saturday and Sunday in the, in the times, mm-hmm. if that's not on the listing, I just call the agent. I called the listing agent and what I do is I don't ask them for a favor. It's like ring, ring. Hey, Bob, my name's Ernesto. I'm a new agent. Can I please host your open house? Uh, no. Instead, you know, it's more of like, hey, Bob, I see that you have a new listing. at one, two, three banana street. I love the listing. Great job, by the way. Hey, I had a question. I'm curious. What are your plans for an open house this weekend? So it's open-ended and it depends on what they tell you. They might say, you know, honestly, it's my kid's soccer game. I don't know yet. Why do you have a buyer? Or they'll say, well, um, honestly, I'm trying to figure it out with somebody else in my office. And then you offer the opportunity. Well, hey, Bob, I'll tell you what. I know you have your kid's soccer game. What if I went ahead and just took that off your plate, host your open house, I bring snacks, great energy. And what I'll do is I'm going to give you a recap at the end of every day um, on what the turnout was and what the feedback was. How does that sound? And I would say, honestly, 40% of the time, they're pretty receptive to it. Yeah. Everyone's like, I don't have a lead system. I don't have money to spend on marketing. I'm in this brand new city. I don't know anybody. That alone. And I do it real time in the office in front of other agents for them to see I'm not BSing you. Um, It absolutely works. And that's honestly how I get a lot of my open houses. Yeah. It's a really easy formula there, right? So if somebody, so as this podcast gets released, whether it's on a Tuesday or, or a Thursday, like you've got time to make those 20 or 30 calls. And you could get an open house or more scheduled for, you could get one or two scheduled for Saturday, one or two scheduled for Sunday, make some phone calls, get to copy that. And so now, so now the open house is set up. And so they say, yes, you can do the open house. What's the rest of your formula uh, for that that makes them so successful? I bring a sign-in sheet. Um, I bring a sign-in sheet. And with my sign-in sheet, I've heard people, you know, some people will have like this formal registration system or if, if somebody comes in, uh, hey, did you register for, for the open house? And like that, that, that's the first thing that they bring up. I would rather have a reason to follow up for. So I always give people a little room. I do make a flyer. So it's just like something that I physically hand to the person that's coming in. I give them their space. I let them tour the house. And when they're done, the favorite question that I like to ask is, where are you in your home purchase journey? That's it. It's open ended and you just listen. You just listen to what they say. Well, we've been in the market for over two years. We're honestly a little frustrated. We're trying to give this another go. Um, Okay, tell me more. And sometimes you learn that they're actually, they've just left their agent. They don't have an agent. Uh, One thing that I think I do really good at is coming up with creative lending solutions um, and educating people on how they can mitigate interest rates. So two of my favorite tactics, one, or the buy downs, so I'm sure you've heard of those. There's different variations of them. There's the two one buy down. I hear of the three two one buy down, but it's basically a temporary interest rate buy down that the seller pays for. And if you refinance over the next year or two, any of the unused funds actually go back to the buyer, which is awesome. And we're seeing way more sellers that are open to giving a credit. Uh, the other thing, secondly, with the credit, it's mathematically better for a seller to give you a credit than to just drop the price of the property. So there's another agent, you know, quick story. You know, we're on the phone, buddy of mine, he's a little frustrated. He's like, I got this escrow and we're having a hard time with negotiations. It was listed at 750. They got a low ball offer at 700. The seller didn't want to give a $50,000 discount. So I tell my buddy, hey, call their lender because obviously you got that in their offer. Call their lender, find out what would their payment be 
if you gave them that seven that that reduction from seven fifty to seven hundred, that's a fifty thousand dollar discount from the seller. What is their payment? Okay, now find out how much of a credit do you need to issue them to buy down the interest rate to get them the same payment. And it was only a twenty one thousand dollar credit. So it's a win for the seller because they're giving up way less in terms of their proceeds. It's a win for the buyer because they can still buy that house at the payment that they need to be at. So I find myself educating people, uh, consumers on that a lot. Secondly, this is Bay Area specific. There is a local bank that we work with. They only serve like the immediate five counties, five or six counties. Um, and with them, they have two programs, one of which is like census track specific, kind of more like moderate income areas. Um, so that's one, one product that they offer, but there's another product that they offer. So anytime I find a buyer that has over 20% down, if they're really well capitalized, then that bank has interest rates that are super competitive. So I've helped two buyers this year with, with that bank. So it, it takes some discovery. And just to give you an example, um, today interest rates are at about seven and a quarter here in the Bay Area. Uh, that particular bank that I speak of, if the buyer qualifies, they have over 20% down on like six months reserves. And interest rates as of today, like five and a half percent which is unbeatable. And there's a lot of people that obviously have a lot of money in the Bay Area. So when they learn that, they're like, oh my God, that changes everything. So two buyers, I was able to convert from, hey, we want to use Rocket Mortgage. And I'm like, okay, in the Bay Area, it's going to be tough. Um, tell me a little bit more about how much you plan on putting down. And when they you know, want to hear, you know, well, we want to do 25, 30%. Awesome. Let me make an introduction to this bank. And they get into these homes for way less than they thought that they um, you know, had to. So a lot of education at the open houses. And you know, once I have their contact information, that it's a more natural conversation when I do follow up on say Monday or Tuesday. Yeah. I love that negotiation tactic. We recently had somebody in escrow at like 550 and they get back, they get the inspection back. They're like, no, the most we can pay is 500 now. And it's, and when there's a $50,000 discount on something that you think is pretty minor repairs, it's really just buyers trying to get better deals yeah. out there right now. I would love to be able to try to, to counter back and go, all right, what's your payment at that? What would it cost us to buy that rate down? Because yeah. if I said, hey, I'll give you a $20,000 credit instead of $50,000 off, I think they're getting a bad deal, so they're out. But if I was able to show them your payment will be exactly the same at this as it would be yeah. there, and now we both win, like I get my sales price, you get into your house cash flow wise, especially if they're buying it for a you know a long-term cash flow or they're planning to live there or and like that flippers, it doesn't work quite as well, I'm sure, but, but the, but they shouldn't be buying, uh, you know, that house anyway. And so I love that strategy on there. Yeah. One of the things I really like seeing that you've been putting on your social media lately is, um, is like tracking you walking neighborhoods, right? Yeah. So, so the, so you'll post these pictures that just show like, I don't know if it's on Strava or what, but like on your, on an Apple app where it shows where you've walked. And it'll show you walking through neighborhoods, going down the street, going to every door and like, and like coming back. And I, and I keep seeing those and I've, and I've sent them to a few people, a few listeners that have reached out and said like, I can't do it, man. I want a listing, man. I want some deals. There's nothing I can do today. Right. And I would, and I would forward them like the screenshots of you out there, like walking through neighborhoods. Tell me about that. Why do you post that? What are you doing when you're out walking neighborhoods? Uh, good question. So first I love to be very transparent. Uh, I make mistakes. I'm learning and I'm failing forward, just like anybody else that's new. And I'm trying different things and certain things are not getting the traction that I hope that they would. And so the door knocking or the neighborhood walking thing, uh, there's an agent by the name of Wilson Lung who runs a fantastic team in um, in the peninsula, the Northern Peninsula of San Francisco. So I think he's like in the 
San Bruno Daily City area. He's been doing that for years. I've been following him on social for maybe two and a half, three years. And that's how he started uh, when he was new. And it's, you know, he, he loves to tell this story about you know, his first two years, he had almost no sales. He had every reason to quit being a realtor, but he was very persistent. And he was the one that posted those screenshots. Um, and so I messaged him. I was like, hey, Wilson, what, like, what, what is that? And it's the Under Armour app. And for me, it's just a form of A, accountability, and B, just being transparent about what I'm doing. I have no shame in calling people. I have no shame in knocking on somebody's door. I think one of the biggest mindset shifts that I've had is I'm not bothering someone. Like when when people buy and sell homes, there is another problem in their life. Like that's not the first thing we're talking about. We're not talking about, well, you know, how many beds and baths do you have? What condition is your house? And okay, cool. Here's my marketing strategy. Like, let's, okay, I understand you want to buy and sell a home. Let's put that to the side. Uh, an acronym or not an acronym, but well, uh, a little saying that I, that I heard recently is people still buy and sell because of the three Ds. It's diapers, divorce, and it's death. So I always say life happens and there's always something else going on. So if anyone's wondering, well, am I going to annoy people and am I going to upset people? I would say the, the, the feedback that I've received from both the calling and especially the knocking, like the knocking, the door knocking. So many people say, Ernesto, I don't know what you're selling, but I commend you. Like your work ethic, the fact that you're still out here, the fact that you sincerely are trying to just market the heck out of your, your seller's property says a lot about who you are. Um, I've only been doing it for a little under a month and I have two listing appointments that, that are scheduled. One lady said, I'm gonna be honest with you, Ernesto, I get mailers from this top producing agent and I get them every month, but I've never met this person. So I thought I wanted to work with her, but my husband and I are happy to interview you and give you a shot. So that's, that's the, those are the screenshots for me. It's anybody can say, anybody can say that they spoke to hundred people. Um, where's the receipt? Yep. Where's the receipt? So if you're calling, I love Follow Boss. I know you guys respond. You know, you guys have the partnership with Follow Boss. I use Follow Boss. I absolutely love it. So if you're using the Follow Up Boss Dialer, like it's easy for me to go into anybody's account, any agent, pull it up. What have you actually done? How many people have you called? How many people have you texted? Uh, so for me, it's about the receipts to prove that you're actually putting in the work. That's the whole point of the screenshots. Yeah, I love that. I love that because as people, again, as people ask me for advice or tell me that they're stuck, I want to be able to tell them like, hey, go do this. Go, go listen to this interview with Ernesto. Go send me your screenshot that shows that, that you're going out and you're walking neighborhoods and you're putting in the time. Because I think it's really, um, so the market's tough right now. It's just tough. It's different. It's slow, uh, especially for agents like you that have been agents for less than 10 years, right? Anybody that's been an agent for less than 10 years, which is most of you guys, right? The, um, have, they haven't, this is like a first seeing this really, really weird market is a first. And one of the interviews that I did recently, you talked about like if you were getting 20 people at an open house in January and now you're getting three, that doesn't mean open houses aren't working. It just means that you're getting three. And like you said, of the three, you know, you're getting these better buyers yeah. because that's the truth. Like people aren't lying to themselves anymore of, Hey, I might go buy a house. Like the only people out there looking are the people that are like, I'm going to go try to buy a house right now. And so you, you kind of, you kind of get what you put in and you're putting, putting in that effort, but it's easy to get discouraged. It's easy for people to go try one open house or two or three open houses and have nobody show up right now. And it's easy to go like, okay, that doesn't work. Yeah. Or it's no. easy to go door knock 10, 10 doors and get the door slammed on you and go, that sucks. 
but three houses or 10 doors isn't like saying, I'm going to go walk this whole neighborhood and I'm going to let everybody see that I'm doing it. And I also like the idea too, that um, if somebody else is thinking about hiring you and they see that you're out there walking every single neighborhood, um, you know, it's got to make a difference. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, there's, there's no denying that interest rates are keeping a lot of people at bay, but again, there's always going to be people that regardless of the interest rate, like they need to move, like something in their, in their life has happened to where they need to move. Um, the last buyer that I helped get into a home, the interest rate was seven and a half percent. And they're ecstatic because it was impacting their relationship. It's a young couple. Uh, it's a husband and a wife. Um, the, the wife is a, the pharmacist. So crazy smart. She will make amazing income. She's just starting her career and she was commuting from Modesto to the hospital that she worked at. And that meant that she could not sleep with her husband three nights out of the week and she had to stay with her parents. And, you know, because right now only she has income, he's starting his own private practice. He's a licensed family and marriage uh, therapist uh, and he's just getting started. Like right now, they're at the very, very beginning of incredibly lucrative careers. Uh, and so for them, it wasn't about the money. So when people found out that somebody was ecstatic about getting a seven, seven and a half percent mortgage, they're like, are you, are you serious? I'm like, yeah. And I went and visited them right before Thanksgiving, just to see how they're doing. And I'm like, how's your commute? She's like, oh my God, it's 18 minutes. Like it's been life changing. So also like I'm of the belief that consumers are not economists. <laughs> like they're not, they're not sitting here reading the paper every day. They're not they're not reading over the minutes of, of whatever Jerome Powell uh, did or didn't say. Like when people have to move and people have to buy or sell, uh, there's another life circumstance that's going on. And that's really the core of what I work to, to, to help with. Real estate rock stars, this is Aaron Muchastegui. Thank you for letting me interrupt for a second. I've got something really, really important to talk about. You know how last year we kept talking about that mastermind? What is the mastermind? What are we talking about with that mastermind? Last May, there was like 60 or 70 people of you listeners that had never met, flew out to Austin, Texas. We all hung out at this awesome event center and we spent a couple days with some great guest speakers talking about skills and strategies to succeed in real estate. And then we had these mastermind tables where everyone rotated, everyone got to meet everybody, everyone got to provide value. Some of the agents there had only done one or two deals ever. Some of the agents there had done hundreds of deals and they all got to interact and help each other build their business and build their strategies. And I've heard so many stories of friendships that came from that, of referrals that have come from that. There were six or seven people at that one that heard me talk about doing an Ironman and we all did an Ironman together in, in North Carolina last month and we had never even met before the podcast live. So the it was, it's, it's been such, such a cool experience. The, I would love it for you guys to come. Today's March 6th through 8th. The signups right now go to hybendigital.com forward slash mastermind. We also have a room block set up. It's three days, downtown Austin. Great, really cool hotel, really cool uh, convention center that we're going to be hosting it. And we're going to get a chance to, I can't wait to meet you guys. I can't wait for you to meet other listeners. I can't wait for you to develop these new interactions. And really what we're teaching, yeah, last year it was like, how do you make a business better? But the market was just starting to turn. And I was trying to give some people some advice of what to do when it, when it was happening. Now it has turned. And this time we're going to be talking so much about how to pivot and what to do next. So uh, again, I hope you signed up for the mastermind. Sorry for such the long advertisement, but I can't wait to meet you. Ibendigital.com forward slash mastermind. Yeah. Yeah. I think that the, there's obviously still a demand. There's obviously still 
a supply. They're not in balance right now. And so it's like the challenge a year ago was if you're a buyer's agent, you were going to be writing an offer against 20 other people because demand was much higher than supply. So now supply is much higher than demand. So there are less people out there demanding, but it's still like the transaction. It's never easy. It's just different, right? Like some people had a great year last year, but there were plenty of real estate agents that just didn't because it was too hard. Like there there were some agents that did no volume last year because it was way too hard to get offers accepted. So, so the, so yes, it's different than it was a year ago and there's challenges, but there was, there were challenges a year ago and there were challenges five years ago and they're just different as they're shifting. You know, these, there's lots of stats you can look at to see, you know, when prices will start adjusting one way or another and months of inventory and when will, and what, which one is a balanced market and which one isn't. And there's a lot of things like that, that we could look at, but the idea that no matter what, when someone is selling, there's a reason for it or they're buying, there's a reason for it. And I think what I've heard from a lot of people is on the buyer side, first time buyers, the rate isn't really making that big of a difference anymore, unless they were shopping six months ago. For someone that was shopping six months ago, then they had like a $700,000 price point in their mind or a three, whatever it was, a 300,000 or 700,000. The most they could afford was what was in their mind. They're like, I'm going to buy a $300,000 house. And now they can only afford a $250,000 house. Those are the buyers that are discouraged. But the buyers that are showing up two months ago going like, hey, it just said the rates are 7% and I can buy a house for two fifty. dollars Go show me the $250,000 houses. It's much easier. So I think there's a lot of people trying to adjust their marketing to that. And then it's, yeah. again, realizing like, I just, I love this. I love the story of like, you're still doing the open houses. Three people were there and it wasn't a bust. It was, it was worth it. And it was worth your time. The um, can you think of anything like when you were listening to the podcast in the years in years past and months past? Any favorite episodes? Any things that you heard on the podcast that you were like, "Wow, I'm going to go apply that," and it worked? Like a moment, an episode, a saying, anything like that that you could think of that that, that just brings up memory. Yeah, I'm a big fan of, and I think you've had her on a couple times. Uh, Jess Lanouvel, she is from Canada. I think she re- I follow her on social. I think she yep. recently re- relocated to the Bahamas. Um, She's brilliant. She's brilliant from a marketing perspective. Uh, she was, so I remember at, at around the same time, I read a great book by Donald Miller called Building a Story Brand. And the idea is that you're just sharing stories online. Um, I'm not a fan of like the just listed, just sold post. Uh, to me, um, there's a guy in the t- Tom Ferry um, ecosystem. His name is Jason Pantana. I don't think you've had him on. You should. He's amazing also. But his whole thing is your content should be contribution. When somebody reads a post of yours, what value are they getting from it? Are you telling a story that resonates with another person who's in a similar situation? Are you telling a story of a family who, you know, gosh, recently I'm, I'm working with a brand new agent. This is her first uh, her first escrow. And she went to lender A for an FHA loan. And that lender said, uh, said no, you know, this family does not qualify. So I said, you know, try this other person that I know. And they did get approved for an FHA. So by telling that story, right, what we're telling people is that, A, you can get your offer accepted with an FHA loan today. Last year, that was very, very difficult. Secondly, if you've been denied by one lender, it's not the end of the world. Like different lenders that may have, they may have the same product, which is FHA. Maybe they have, they have different underwriting guidelines, right? Lender B might be a little less conservative on the on the DTI or certain, um, you know, documentation. So stories, stories are really helpful. So that, that was a book that I read by Jason, I'm sorry, um, Donald Miller. And at, at around the same time, I listened to Jess Lanouvel's episode and her whole thing is 
very similar. Like your content should speak to how potential sellers and buyers are feeling. What are their fears? What are their desires? It's, it's never about buying a home. It's never about putting this home on the market. There's something else going on. And by sharing like the human experience involved in buying or selling real estate, uh, that's going to attract more people because that content, that content resonates with people, right? You post a story of, I don't know, first generation immigrant family. Um, and maybe they don't speak Spanish or they're low income or what, like whatever, right? By, by sharing the actual human side of the transaction, rather than just, you know, us in our suit in front of the sign and the writer, like what value does your consumer get from that? So when I listened to Jess Lunuvel's episode, I was like, wow, that hit me like a ton of bricks in the chest. I actually signed, signed up for her program. I'm still working through it. And so that really shaped, even if you, like if anyone goes back to the beginning of my Instagram or what I was posting back then, and what I post now, I really emphasize the story and listening to Jess's episode uh, was a game changer for me. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So I interviewed her probably right around the time you got your license. And then I think Courtney re-interviewed her maybe a few months ago. Um, and so, and there may be even a third time uh, in the middle there. So that's, that's fun. Now, how about, yeah, so you were, and then you were one of the like 60 or 70 people that came to our mastermind last year in Austin. And I know you were kind of a late ad. You weren't sure if you were going to make it. You brought me a birthday present. It was absolutely yeah. you know, <laughs> fantastic. I was retelling uh, that story to my wife yesterday um, when I was telling her that I was going to be interviewing you. So can you think back to, so I want you to tell everybody what that experience was like. The funny thing is our, our mastermind now is three months away. It just hit me yesterday. I was like, whoa, mastermind's three months away. I haven't been telling people about it. We haven't been advertising signups. You know, we've been, we did all this planning back, you know, beginning of the summer. And then I kind of went on my hiatus. So we've got all the, all the stuff booked and all the stuff ready. I'm like, I got to start telling people about that again. I'd love if you could just share um, what your experience was like, why you decided to come down and just maybe something about either a favorite experience or something that you heard from the stage or anything that has maybe impacted you uh, that you experienced when you came down to Austin. Yeah, I would say, so if anyone's listening to the podcast and they're like, well, how can I really maximize this podcast? Like, how can I turn this into something a little bit more tangible for me? I would say two things. You'd be amazed how many people you can DM in Instagram after their their podcast releases, or you just go back and, and listen to it and send them a message and ask them a question. I do that all the time. There, It's funny that you mentioned Courtney. Courtney's up in, is it Alberta? Mm -hmm. One of his... Um, one of his guys, I think he was a guest recently too. Ryan, I think is his name. Uh, I just messaged him out of blue. I was like, hey man, you mentioned something on the podcast. I, I have some more questions. And he's like, cool, here's my Calendly, book a time. It's like, oh my God. And you can do that with a lot of people. I find myself every now and again exchanging messages. Stephanie Heiser, I talk to a lot. Um, whenever I think of the kind of Palm Springs, Joshua Tree area, if anyone ever needs a client down there, um, she's the first person that comes to mind. So one is, you know, reach out to the people that are uh, guests on the show to come to the mastermind, because I firmly believe that community is everything. And I think about people that sell products or that have masterminds, when you have a community, that's everything. So I personally am not in Tom Ferry, uh, but the people that I do know that are in it, they're like, the content's good. Like it is good but it's the community and it's this pool of potential people you can do business with um, that really changes everything. So coming to the mastermind and getting face to face, you're going to meet people that you never thought you'd be able to message. Jeremy 
Fust from Arizona, Impact Real Estate. Yeah. That guy's freaking hilarious. And we're like always <laughs> messaging each other back and forth on uh, on Instagram. That would have never happened if it weren't for coming to the mastermind and like having face-to-face interaction with people, which for me is where I thrive, which is why I enjoy at the door knocking, the open house. I enjoy the face-to-face. That's like my strength. And so um, I would say, and so in terms of like takeaways, it's like your network just like organically grows. So it's funny, the impact real estate guys, I don't know if you've had this guy on the show. He's brilliant. Um, His Instagram handle is call tattoo. So it's at call tattoos on Instagram. I have not had him on the show, but I know who I know he is. Yeah, yeah, he's a, so he's a newer realtor. Looks very different. He is tattooed, literally covered in tattoos, head, face, everything, and it's crazy just to think how much your your network grows, and that now I can talk to these people, I can reach out to them, and your intro can be, "Hey, I didn't get a chance to connect with you, but I was at the mastermind for real estate rock stars. Uh, I would love to connect because I had a question about X Y Z." Nobody's going to say no. So hopefully that kind of puts some, you know, puts something tangible for people that are thinking, well, I listen to the show and I want to get a little bit more out of it. And I want to reach out to these people. How can I do that? Message people and come to the mastermind and you'll get. Yeah. That was, I mean, that was the goal and the intent of the mastermind. And that is what we saw too, right? It is the difference of what we do compared to the other stuff that was out there. And really the first time we put it on because a bunch of people asked like, Hey, let's get yeah. together. Yeah. And it was this like magical, organic experience. And we don't have a room that has 500 people in it. We limit it. And as people are rotating, like you will meet every single person there. Yeah. You'll have had a quick conversation with every single yeah. person there. And then, yeah. and then there's also, we try to set up these extra experiences in the evenings and at different, you know, in the mornings, different time where you're going to leave and, and you're going to have some really significant experiences with maybe a dozen people that'll create these like giant friendships. And it's the same. There was six of us that, uh, at the, when I was t- telling my story of like doing an Ironman there, um, when I was on you know, one of the things I was talking about the mastermind and I said, whoever wants to do one, let me know. And a bunch of people laughed and said, that's stupid. And then the same people that said it was stupid came up later and said, well, what if, and like a month ago, six of us went and did an Ironman together in North Carolina. And we met at the mastermind in Austin in May at the time most of them are like, I never run a 5k. Like, should we yeah. go try to do this? And so it's, um, it's very special. So I'm glad you had such a good time. And I love the advice you gave people like, like number one, I hope that, that I hope that you listeners come out to Austin. You go to hybendigital.com forward slash mastermind signups are live. Now they just went live. You'll start to hear some ads, uh, over the next few weeks on this, but the, but I recommend coming out because you will generate some friends. And we're going to be talking a lot about the pivot and the change and like, what do we do now? Right? Like so the world is different. It's harder than it used to be. What are we going to do now? We're going to talk mindset stuff. We're going to talk strategies, all sorts of things like that. But I also yeah. love Ernesto that you just talked about, like just texting people and messaging them on Instagram. I mean, that was how you and I ended up getting to first meet in person, right? <laughs> you were coming out to uh, an event in Austin. The um, And you just kind of said like, hey, I hope I get to meet you at this event. Because I was, I was like, somehow I was participating in it, but we didn't really get to meet that night. And then um, you kind of messaged me and I messaged you back. I'm like, well, hey, we didn't get a chance to actually meet while you were here. You want to go to breakfast, right? And we got to like go, go meet up afterward, um, you know, pretty randomly. And that is just simply because most of the people that I love getting to talk to on the podcast, like we all just love what we're doing. And, and there's a lot of kind people out there and it can get really intimidating and overwhelming to go like, oh, should I reach out to that person? So I say reach out to the people and or come out and, and hang out with us in March in Austin. 
and uh, come hang out with me. Come hang out with lots of uh, fun speakers and other listeners as we try to figure out what our 2023 is going to look like. Ernesto, this was a great interview. I mean, I knew it would be. I was I was pumped to get to have you on here. The um, but any final thoughts? Any other things you want to tell everybody out there? And how how should they find you if they if they have a question about something or social media or anything like that? Phone numbers, whatever. Yeah, uh, my my actual phone number I use too, but the one I use uh, the most is uh, area code six five zero two eight eight two zero eight two. Feel free to call or text me. Uh, text is by far the best. Social media wise, I'm on Instagram. <laughs> I'm on Instagram quite a bit. Um, there was kind of creeps, not, not creeps me out, but when I'm posting stories and I see that you're watching, I'm like, oh man, I gotta be my best behavior. <laughs> you step up my game. <laughs> um, Bay Area Homes by Nest is my Instagram handle. Uh, I, I love connecting with, with other people. Uh, my, like my network, I feel like I can call anybody for anything. And part of those people that I've met are within the real estate rock stars community. Um, again, Stephanie down in SoCal, uh, the, the Arizona guys, uh, Sarah, who I think did the Ironman with you. She's yeah, identical. Fishers in uh, Fishers, Indiana. Um, it's really incredible how much you can expand your network to then help your clients even better if they need a referral or if you know if they're going to relocate to another state. How cool is it to be like, hey, I know somebody there. And they're a great person. You're going to really enjoy working with them. That's going to you know put you head and shoulders or over someone that's like. Well, I hope you list this house, you know, but once I sell your house, you're kind of on your own. So there's just, just so much value that you get from connecting with other people. So uh, take advantage of the Real Estate Rockstars community because it's a, it's a great community, like you said, of really, really kind people. Awesome. Well, Real Estate Rockstars, I think you should go follow Bay Area Homes by Nest. The Go check it out. Go see what he does when he's out knocking door knocking and send me your screenshots of when you go door knock and you've got like the little track that should, after you yeah. see what he does, I want to see people out there walking and going and putting in that effort. So Ernesto, thank you so much for coming on the show. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Real estate rock stars. Thank you for listening. All right. Real estate rock stars. This is Aaron Muchastegui jumping in again to thank you for listening to the show. Hopefully you guys loved listening to that one. And I want to make sure that you know about all of the extra resources that we have. And also we need your help. They say podcasts are free. You get to listen to podcasts for free. But what is the cost of that podcast? I would say if I could beg you to pay anything for that podcast, I would say the cost of the podcast is going and giving a review. So whether you download it on Google or Apple or YouTube or anywhere else, please go give us a review. Say what you like, what you didn't like. It helps us get better guests. The more reviews, the higher we get in the rate rankings. Right now, we are the biggest podcast out there for real estate agents and we want to keep that spot because we know there's lots of podcasts out there so go give us a review also be sure to go to hybendigital.com if you liked any of the resources that those real estate agents talked about we've got a huge video vault of those resources for free every penny that comes on the podcast that we interview they give us something that helps them get their deals or helps them work with their clients and we put that in the toolbox in our vault for you to so go to hybendigital.com and you can get it. If you're looking for real estate education, go to rebusuniversity.com. We have all sorts of courses in there to help agents succeed in real estate. How to get the listing, how to negotiate deals, you know, how to become an investor, all sorts of different stuff, rebusuniversity.com. And if you want to chat with me, go find me on Instagram. If you come find me on Instagram, you can send me messages. Tell me what you want to hear. Tell me what you liked, what you didn't like. We try to put a bunch of content out there too. You can find me in two different places. It's at 
rerockstars.com for our Real Estate Rockstars page or at erinamuchastegui.com for my personal Instagram page where I can chat with you about all sorts of different things. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again soon. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.